if I had my choice, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I'd rather go to a university and take a course in positive thinking than to have had to go through what I went through for almost two years to come out the person I am today, feeling that life is so, so precious. And I hope that I can convey to you that you can take the darkest moments of your life and make them bright. You can take the very worst experience and flip it and make something that's the best result come out of it. Hi everyone, this is Diane Gilman, formerly known as the Queen of Jeans, but now the host of my own podcast, proudly called Too Young to Be Old. We are honoring and kicking off Breast Cancer Awareness Month, October. I am a breast cancer survivor, and I do want to say we've done a couple of episodes on breast cancer before, previously, and I got some feedback of, oh, Diane, you glamorize breast cancer. It's so terrible. Cancer is so horrible. Ladies, trust me. Nobody knows more about how terrible cancer can be than I do. I had a 20-year relationship with the love of my life, my life partner, and the last 10 years were just a fight for survival with cancer that spread all over and, and really devastated me and changed the whole direction of my life. For myself, I had to give up all my lymph nodes on my left side. I have lymphedema in my left arm. I have, for some reason, lymphedema in my right leg. Breast cancer left me with a limp. You know, I chose, and I think I want to name this particular episode, The Choices We Make. Self-empowerment. You know, it is all about the power of intention. I never talk about the after effects of chemo, which was very strong for me, and of which there were many after effects that I don't think I was totally prepared for. But one thing I will say, it let me know that time was my most precious commodity. And what was I going to do with it? And part of that message inside my brain was to spread joy, to spread hope, and to spread light. So we can take cancer and say the darkest days. But you know, sometimes these classic old sayings like, there's no light without darkness, they're classic because they're true. I don't think I would have had the reboot and rebirth I've had in my life if it was not for breast cancer. And interestingly enough, and this is sort of a strange comparison, and none of my workmates who are helping put this podcast together 
actually really know this ever happened to me, so get set. But at a certain point in the early 80s, um, I was coming out of a club, Studio 54, and I got brutally mugged on the streets of New York. And when that happened, and it was very violent, I literally went out of my body and I could see everything from a height looking down. I say that because when I was diagnosed and the first diagnosis for breast cancer was from someone who was taking sonograms, a radiologist, not a full doctor or oncologist. And she said, it's hopeless. You have it everywhere. I literally went out of my body. I remember thinking, uh, I'm vibrating at such a rate that I'm not even feeling anything or processing anything in a physical way anymore. And I think for anybody who has gotten that kind of diagnosis, you know what I mean. And I think I stayed at that high vibrational level for most of the treatment. Because to tell you the truth, the real truth, I felt very little pain during chemo. I felt absolutely no pain during radiation. And I felt, I don't know, minor, minor pain during a double mastectomy and then a replant of my breasts. I would say breast cancer was one of the most spiritual experiences of my life. Why? Facing your own mortality. How can it not be? How can you not do that life review that says, what is my life today? What was it? What did I accomplish? What do I still want to get done? I don't think it was enough for me to say, oh, I'm scared of death. I want to go on living. I really realized how much I loved life how much I savored certain flavors, certain repeat experiences, certain, certain plans to make where you know you're gonna discover something new, something never seen before or felt before. And you know what? Without cancer, breast cancer, I would have never, never known what a privilege it is to be alive. And then the other thing was, I never thought I was like the little bluebird of happiness. I never thought I was Miss Pollyanna. But I did realize that my breast cancer was born out of a whole series of toxic experiences and relationships I was having in my life for those last few years before I was diagnosed. And I had to take complete responsibility for my breast cancer also because I did a mammogram a couple of years before and they, they called me back and kind of said, eh, you know, 
there's a little shadow, it's probably nothing. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's nothing. It's probably calcium deposits. That's it, it's calcium deposits. And you know, I'm way too busy and I'm at the pinnacle of my career and I'm flying all over the world to do television, tell a retail. I don't have time for this, it's gonna be fine. And then the pain started. Intermittent, but it was there. And then you could start to feel it and then you could start to actually see it. And I had absolutely no way of resisting having to go to a doctor and have them have that look on their face like, oh my God, what has she done and ignored? And then Christmas Eve of 2017, and you would think that a radiology set up and the whole building was about radiology five floors of it that that would be deserted and you would have some privacy but you know it, the universe even set me up for what was to come because i remember getting the diagnosis and you know, you're in a paper gown and you've got to go get yourself out of a little locker and you've got to go in a dressing room. And there was no dressing room. Every dressing room was taken. And I was in a complete state of shock. And I remember having to get dressed out in the middle of a hallway. No dignity, no privacy no chance to absorb. And, you know, even that experience set me up for the fact that cancer, and in my case, breast cancer, is the great teacher. It's the great leveler. Um, so when you are a New York City, Manhattan girl, a fashionista, a fashion designer, a television personality nationally and internationally, you're used to living in a little ivory tower. Nobody really tells you what to do. Nobody really gives you criticism. Nobody really forces you to do anything you don't want to do. But all of that was over because cancer made me feel like I love to watch these Lifetime movies, like Girl in a Bunker, Girl in a Box, you know, a girl trapped in a box by a maniac for seven years and let out once a week. I felt like Girl in a Box. I felt like my psyche, my brain, and my soul were trapped in a body I didn't want to be in. And I knew I was going to have to face things like chemotherapy that I had seen my husband go through and suffer greatly and mightily from. And was I up to it? Could I do it? Did I have the stamina? Did I have the courage? Did I have the determination? Well, you know, the night before my first chemo treatment, I just said to myself, you better because you don't have a choice. You know, this is not a dress rehearsal. This is a real deal, Diane. 
and how you approach your treatment is, I think, how and if you're going to be able to live out consequential years going forward. So not being the chirpiest girl in the world and, and being vulnerable but tough, I decided my best approach was going to be making everybody around me happy. The chemo nurses, who none of whom I'd met yet, my oncologist, my surgeon, who was absolutely brilliant. And I took it in a soldierly fashion. Now, that doesn't mean that I would ever volunteer for the military, but in a way, Going through breast cancer treatment is almost like being in boot camp. And you are going to find out in boot camp, breast cancer boot camp, how tough you are, how resilient you are, how much you believe in yourself, how much you trust those around you. And you've got to be open to dealing with and compartmentalizing some of those moments of treatment that seem almost intolerable. But, you know, I did learn something as the girl in the breast cancer box. I learned that health is freedom. Ladies, don't do what I did. Don't ignore a mammogram. Don't ignore pain or weird feeling. Do something about it because losing your freedom, at least for me, having to go into a regimented life of treatment and, and needles stuck in you and all kinds of chemicals pumped into you, thank God they saved my life. But you know what? I should have listened to my body two, three years before this all happened. I don't ever, ever waste a moment of my life on regrets. But I leave you, I don't, I don't, I just leave this part of the podcast with honor your body. You don't want to be trapped in a body that will not let you have the kind of free range of emotions and, and really make you lead a very particular sort of life. Now, I had never done what I decided to do, which was make everybody around me happy and go out of my way to do it and not be a cranky, bitchy, bitter old lady about having cancer diagnosed at the age of 72. Yeah, I thought I was free. Like, okay, I'm 72. I've never been in a hospital in my life. I'm at the top of my game. I'm, I'm doing television out of Paris, out of London, out of Milan, out of Dusseldorf, out of Toronto. Wow. Cancer didn't care. Cancer was a great teacher and the great leveler. And I guess my attitude 
being number one on teleretail for fashion and actually number two amongst all earning brands, my attitude was, what can you do for me to make me happy? That was for the whole, my whole team, which was pretty big at that time, the crews at the TV studios, wherever I was, I expected the waves to part. Oh, Diane Gilman's coming. Uh, Diane Gilman didn't mean anything to breast cancer. I was just another opportunity to cancer. And also, I had to assess what's going on here. Nobody cares that I'm number one in fashion on teleretail. They're reading all sorts of chemical results. The nurses are so overworked and so stressed out that the last thing you want to do for these women, and my, my chemo nurses were all female at Mount Sinai Dubin Breast Cancer Center. Um, I wanted to make their days easier. I wanted to be the patient that they wished everybody could be. And that had never occurred to me before. It had never occurred to me to make everyone's life around me brighter, easier, more efficient. So I can only tell you that I think the one and the biggest lesson I learned was there was part of me I had never recognized before. There was something inside of me that wanted to get out and cancer forced that. And that was to make everyone around me happier and enriched and to establish a space and a place in the universe where if you had to choose between darkness and light, you were going to choose me because I represented light. You know, the other thing was um, I learned very quickly to respect my treatments. And what does that mean? Well, it didn't take long for me to respect chemo. I got my first chemo treatment and I thought, well, oh, Ah, this is good. I don't feel any different. Whoa, this could be so easy. So after the chemo treatment, I went food shopping and, get, and got home and watched a little TV and played with the cats. And then the next morning, I remember trying to get up too quickly and going, whoa, whoa, and trying it again. And no go. And then I thought, okay, I am not going to play a game with chemo. Chemo wins. You win. I'm on your terms. This is your game. The same thing happened with radiation, only just coincidentally, because I had all my lymph nodes removed on my left side, and that was the major part of my radiation. What looked very painful. Actually, I had no feeling left. All my, all, my whole nerve center 
under my left arm was dead, gone. So, you know, I stayed in a high vibrational kind of experience where I was almost outside of my body looking in at me for the entire year and a half of treatment. Everybody always said, wow, you have such a high tolerance for pain. And I didn't take pain pills. I took nothing that was addictive or opioid during the entire experience. I remember one of my doctors saying to me, you are the biggest masochist I have ever met. And I thought, no, I'm not. I just don't feel it. So I learned that about myself too. And I will say this, without sugarcoating breast cancer, it was a deeply spiritual experience for me. The best part of Diane came out and never went back in with breast cancer. I live, and I've said this before, it sounds like an Oprah show, but nobody could put it better. I live in a zone of gratitude all the time. I wake up every morning and say, thank God for my life. I go to bed every night saying, I love my life. Wow, just love it. And I think that I found a courage inside myself I never knew I had before, or maybe I just never had to call it in before. And I learned also how to appreciate the moment. And when I thought about the moment, and many of you may be in this same position, you may have gotten the diagnosis, you may be in the beginning of treatment, the middle or the last stages of it, or be very close and supportive to someone who is going through it. I thought if I truly am going to appreciate every moment, I've got to assess where I am today. I had done the same job from highs to lows for 30 years. I was comfy. Everybody knew me. I had name recognition. I walked out on the streets of New York and was always signing autographs. Taught women wanted to talk to me. It was so, it was so sweet. It was so satisfying and, and fulfilling because I worked so hard for it. But I also knew that the situation I was in at the moment was very, very toxic. And the last thing I wanted to do was fall back ill again. And I made a very difficult decision based on the courage I discovered in myself from going through treatment. I made a decision to try something new. Podcasting, being on social media, becoming a silver-haired influencer. And I thought, you know, there's no guarantees in life, just like there's no guarantees with treatment, but I think I can do it. And I remember thinking the very same thing to myself when my surgeon said, okay, you know what, Diane, you look like a healthy woman with a localized disease in a part of your body, 
you don't need if we have to take it away. And women like you always do better with treatment, especially tough treatment like we have to do for you with advanced breast cancer because you've, pardon me, worked your ass off all your life. You're used to hard work. You respect it and you expect it to yield results. And those results will come. And so I thought to myself, this was a very particular, very isolated adventure with a mortality-based disease. And if it taught me that every moment was precious, that this was such a privilege for me to still be alive and functioning and happy again on this physical plane, I should do something really special with it. And so, and thank you for allowing me as my audience, I devote the rest of my life to women over 55, giving you the courage, giving you the information, giving you the support, giving you, I'll be your cheerleader to live your third act differently productively, joyously, and courageously. Um, it doesn't take any more energy to do that than to be miserable. And therefore, I have to say, for the naysayers who say, oh, Diane, you glamorize breast cancer. Trust me, I do not. If I had my choice, I'll tell you what, I'd rather go to a university and take a course in positive thinking than to have had to go through what I went through for almost two years to come out the person I am today, feeling that life is so, so precious. And I hope that I can convey to you that you can take the darkest moments of your life and make them bright. You can take the very worst experience and flip it and make something that's the best result come out of it. And, you know, I hope for anybody who's listening who might have been one of my cancer nurses, one of my chemo nurses, or one of my oncologists, Everybody always said to me, my God, you are so positive. I hope I made you believe you were doing something great for me, something that I truly appreciated because I appreciated each and every one of you. And a little later in October, we will have on a chemo nurse, and we'll talk about what her life is like when she's on duty and the respect you have to give these people because they don't get paid a fortune to give 150% of themselves up to 10, 12 hours a day. But, you know, I felt also that that's sort of what I did with um, 
my chemo treatment and what I had to go through, I never, ever, ever once allowed myself to believe that I was not going to live. I absolutely 150% believed I was going to survive. I was going to prosper and that I was going to come out of this, the girl in the box, the chemo box, and I was going to take that box, close it, not trash it or throw it away, but set it aside, always as a reminder and a remembrance that I had fought the good fight along with so many of us. You know, um, the statistics for cancer are not exactly going in the right direction. Do you know that one out of every two men will experience cancer in his lifetime? One out of every three women will experience cancer in their lifetime. And I believe that the statistics for breast cancer are rising rather than sinking. So we can't stop it. We can just come up with other alternatives for treating it. But I'll tell you what, love your life, honor your body. Don't do what I did and constantly say, yeah, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> I'm too busy. Ah, it'll take care of itself. Ah, I'm 72 years old. It's a calcium deposit. It's nothing. Could be something. And I'll tell you what, if I had taken care of it two years earlier, it would have been a very different protocol. But I am not someone who lives or on or even establishes any part of my life on regrets. I went through what I went through because I was meant to. I'm here today, happy, reasonably healthy, and talking to you because I should be here. And if you are facing a tough diagnosis, if you've had that shadow in your mammogram, if your mother, your sister, your daughter is in fact about to go on that breast cancer journey, number one, be aware, very few women die from breast cancer today. So although we cannot prevent it, and the numbers go up because of our environment and our diet, there is definitely the hope that you can come through, as I did with stage three breast cancer in my left breast, stage two in my right breast. You can come through to the other side and not only resume your life, but Resume it as a stronger, more appreciative, and possibly happier person. I'm different today, but all for the better. And I had to look for the light, the shining light in the darkness, and I found it. And so can all 
of you. And, and actually, I did it with the support of friends. You know, I was always told, you have very little chance of surviving cancer unless you have tremendous family support. But I honestly made my sisterhood on television my family because I had zero family support. So note also that the people that love you will step up to the plate for you. You will also discover who are your true friends, who are the people that are there for life for you, and those that you sort of have to push aside and say, eh, maybe they can come back in after I'm well, but I need the people around me who are totally 100% in it for support. And you know, it was hysterical, but I actually had a waiting list for friends to come with me to my chemo sessions. I was never alone in chemo ever. I always had a friend, uh, someone who said, yeah, I, I, I'll be your caretaker. I want to by my side. You are going to learn so much if you have breast cancer about love, about understanding, about gratitude, about rebirth, about courage. I am not whitewashing. I am not making breast cancer into something wonderful. But I'll tell you what, if you've got a choice, why end up bitter and depressed and bummed out about it? Why not end up learning incredible life lessons and experiences? And so, I leave you today with what I hope is a completely top of the line. You can make it. Be your own cheerleader kind of message. Make the worst moments in your life into the very best. You're looking at someone who did that and had never done that before, had never had that kind of challenge, and never thought I could, honestly. But you'll step up to the plate and you will come out of it a shining example to everyone around you of bravery. I leave you with that. And we're all going to celebrate Breast Cancer Awareness Month and have some fascinating guests on, women from the medical community and women who are survivors. I leave you with this. May you always be too young to be old. Thank you so much for listening to Too Young To Be Old podcast. The episode may be over, but the fun doesn't have to stop here. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Diane Gilman, or visit our website, thedianegilman.com. If you like the show, leave us a rating or a review, and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And until then, don't forget, age is just a number. Together, we'll prove 
that we are all too young to be old.